with another episode of the bit by bit podcast another selection in the biterian collection here with my friend brandon welcome back man it's good to be back man long no. time to see <laughs> thank you thank you and we're back with another great film trouble man 1972 that's right so uh this is a film i think we both have been wanting to talk about for a while i've been trying to get you on to talk about trouble man for like two months now and i've just been pushing it back <laughs> You really have. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to read the synopsis because a lot of times I never actually read the synopsis on any of these films. But this is what IMDb has for Trouble Man. A neighborhood problem solver is framed for murder by a couple of local crime bosses trying to get him out of the way. What do you think about Trouble Man, Brandon? Oh, where to begin? Like, well, I will say my start to like Trouble Man and my exploration. Oh, actually, let me go back a little bit. We'll start from the beginning. So like my my interest in black exploitation kind of started back in high school when I really was really starting to get into film and filmmaking and really getting into it. And I just remember in one of the books I was reading, they were talking about black exploitation. And so during I was I used to go to the library a lot and my mm-hmm. mom me off there and like I could just rent a bunch of movies and stuff and so one of the movies that I tend to pick up on was black exploitation films and you know I realized but then when I learned about some of the sexual nature of them I was like okay I guess I can't take these movies I can't be renting these movies out and <laughs> so luckily I had a I had access to a computer so I was watching I was watching a lot of these black exploitation films through uh through torrent sites, you know. Okay. And, you know, it then started off with I started off watching like I watch a lot of Pam Greer's films, which mm-hmm. became an instant crush for so many reasons. So that was the first. And then I got into Shaft. And then right after that, I got into Trouble Man. And from the first, from the first that intro was just knowing that Marvin Gaye was on the soundtrack, I was like, I don't care what the rest of this movie is about, that Marvin Gaye intro song just it just hooks you in you're ready and not the not the youtube version with donnell jones man y'all listen this is a fun fact if y'all look up this if y'all try to go look up this movie and you see it you're gonna see the full film on youtube it's so funny like if you look it up instead of the actual trouble man song they got um donnell jones girl you know what's up as the title song (laughs) placement and I remember just coming across that one day and I'm like, who decided to do like, it's, I feel like if you didn't know, if you didn't know like the history of this movie, then like probably an average person would be like, oh, this is a part of the song. This Most people didn't because in the comments, people were like, wow, this is a good movie. I had no clue. Donnell Jones did the whole cover. And I'm like, the movie came out in 1972. Donnell Jones song came on, I think, in the 90s. So it's like right. this song does not match this movie at all. Right. Tonally, like the beginning and close and like I actually found it. The closing song is actually, yeah, it's weird. Like the opening and closing song of the what we're calling the YouTube version of Trouble Man, because that's basically what it is. 
<laughs> it, you got Donnell Jones as the opener, and then you got Young Guns, like, you better No Better Love by Young Guns as the closing song. And I'm just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, who decided? I mean, is this for copyright reasons? What's Why are we changing the opening <laughs> closing song for the YouTube version of this film? But it's a funny insight. So for people that are like, oh, how should I see this movie? I think you should, you could watch it on YouTube for free, but just keep in mind that the opening and closing song are not the original. I would yeah. say just either somehow through another side of some kind, just listen, watch the original and listen to that original Marvin Gaye. Yeah, you're missing out on some really good Marvin Gaye. Uh, go find it on a different site. Go buy the DVD or the, I don't know, go buy the vinyl if possible cd if you still buy cds uh cassettes if you still buy cassettes go listen to the marvin gay album go buy the film but sorry continue no you're okay man it's actually funny you mentioned uh soundtracks like that's i'm a avid record collector as you know so like that's that's definitely a soundtrack that i need to add to my collection i have a lot of mm-hmm. marvin gay, but that's one album that will be added to the collection very soon but no man like i really I really enjoyed this film. I feel like that's kind of what I enjoy a lot of like black exploitation films. Like it's just, I mean, it's cliche, but it really was the seventies cinema at the time. Like yeah. to see black people just, just as they say in these films, they're just so badass, And like, they just, they're handling business. And like, I love how like the name in the film, trouble man, like the main character is literally named Mr. T and we know mm-hmm. It stands for trouble, but we never, he's never literally called Trouble Man. He's just called Mr. T. And just from the very opening scene when he goes to the bar and like, you know, he's just chilling there in his chair, just handling, like just minding his own business and then playing pool with one of the fellas. And like the fact that people are literally lined up to like have, well, yeah, say in the description. Before like, we, before we get into that, I want to uh, set the tone for the listeners because let's back it go back a little bit to yeah. the opening of it because yes, yes. this film i could compare this film and you know you don't want to compare a film but if we are going to compare a film this in my opinion and i'm just standing on it this might be compared to shaft but i might hold it up there to shaft because i really love how the opening to this you know you have it and then they have that um it's kind of like it pulls out a little bit of that water scene. Yeah. Of like out of the water and then you have his girlfriend in the pool and she's like, are you coming back? I don't know. Or, you know, he says that line and then it goes instantly into the Marvin Gaye plane. And then you just watch this man in this car driving. You don't know where he's going to go. He's on the freeway. And then Marvin Gaye's playing just like how Shaft, he just walks throughout New York City and it's just brisk and cold. And, you know, you get these bird's eye view of Mr. T in the car and just like how you had got uh, Shaft on the street. To me, that is setting the scene of a film like they're they're in their element of who these people are, no matter like what the film is going to do. I don't know what's going to happen. I feel like this isn't a setup of oh these are paid actors here i feel like they didn't pay the drivers on the freeway no this man is just genuinely driving and then you know it goes into like what you just said uh he goes into his element of the pool hall he sits down 
And the guy asks him, hey, you want to play me in a game? He sits there. Yeah, sure. And everybody comes up to him. And it's like this godfather thing. And they arrive and they ask him, hey, such and such has a problem. And they whisper in his ear. And he's the boss. And he runs the pool hall. And he's so smooth about every single thing. And he's beating his kid in the pool game. Yeah. I don't know how Ivan Dixon like knew how to orchestrate like the actors to work in this like beautiful way of a pool game, but I would have never thought about doing something like this while playing pool. Like I would have been laser focused on the pool game, but Mr. T is watching every single moment while it's happening. He's conducting business. He's beating this kid at the pool game. They're watching the door Every single thing is just like perfectly happening. No, you're right, man. And like, yeah, to bounce off that, like, yeah, I just say with same way with Trouble Man, the same thing with Shaft is like what I love about black exploitation kind of films. The big highlight for me is not just because I'm a big music lover. It's like the music in those films really told you about who these characters were like. Mm-hmm. Shaft's theme, it's like you like you already know the tone. And the same thing with Trouble Man. He's like, when his girl's like, where are you gonna go? Like, I don't know, I might be back. And then just boom, needle drop. It's like, did he just he's just okay? Like, I'm yeah. just you know, watching this in high school, keep in mind, people, I was I was a dork, I was a nerd in high school. So to watch to see these characters, see these black men on screen just handling business, getting the girl and taking down the bad guys, and they look like me, like it was just so it was so damn inspiring to me. And so, you know, to see to see him just handling business the way he does in this movie is it's pretty incredible. And just yeah, like you said, he's just any room he it's like they say it sounds like a line that's would be in a black exploitation song. It's like they walk in the room and it's like they own the room and they're handling business. And like, yeah, when he's, yeah, when people are talking to him and he's like, okay, I have this problem. And he's like, all right, man, I'm gonna go handle this. But the next time you mess this up, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something. And he's like, yes, sir. I understand. And he goes to the, and he goes to the place where like, I think, yeah, I think like the woman, a woman got hurt and so did her child. Mm -hmm. And, he goes to the apartment, he goes to the person that's ahead of the charge of it, and he's like, Well, that's not my problem. He's like, Listen, Honky, you're gonna handle this. And I'm just like, Okay. And then he leaves the office, and then his his secretary, the guy's secretary, is like, You should have fought him. Was well, like, Well, you work here, so you should have handled it. And he walks off, and the girl's just like, Really into him. And I'm like, Yeah, man, like this, this man is so cool. What I will say this to address because it's also something a lot of people talk about is, you know, it's interesting to watch this movie in particular through like a 2023 lens because like obviously some of like the politics have kind of changed a lot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can, I'm not going to lie. I can see modern people today watching this film and looking at Mr. T is like, oh, he's very problematic and, like, you know, he's using these women and stuff. And it's like, I mean, yeah, I mean, I will say this. Yes, he's definitely a player because, like, he he goes in these rooms and he handles these business. But, like, I will say this. Like, I really do, like, 
you know, the, the relationship that he has with like Cleo in this movie. It's like, she's just, she's a real ride or die for him. Like when things get real, she's like, wherever you need me to go, I'll go. And it's like, no questions asked, but it's also like he exudes, he just exudes a confidence that's like, we don't see a lot of in a lot of modern movies. And like, we're, we're kind of slowly seeing it, but it's just like, at the time, Mr. T and Shaft, like these were really good examples of like men that just handled their business. And at the time when these films came out, these were images that we needed to see. Yeah, I never, I wasn't saying uh, Mr. T was the protagonist in the story. Um, <laughs> I was right. just saying, and I'm not saying he's the antagonist in the story from my perspective. Um, he, he's kind of like in a middle ground space for me. He's more so just in like the area of he's this guy who like you said he kind of just goes in and just kind of like handles business and he's there for himself i don't know he i don't he didn't really like have a conscience of really caring about other people and he just goes beats people up and he's like what am i getting out of this and when when it comes to women he you know, he just interacts with them and he really cares about Cleo, but to an extent. Like when Cleo said, oh, I'm going to Chicago. Oh, are you going to come with me? No. Are you still going to Chicago? Well, no, not if you're going to Chicago. Oh, all right. Like, you know, he didn't really care about her going to Chicago. And then you could tell she really wanted to go to Chicago. So I was like, dang, Mr. T, like this is, you know, your longtime girlfriend, like, you're not going to go to Chicago. You're not going to care if she wanted to go to Chicago. Like you have enough money. Clearly you, you know, you seem like you're doing pretty well. What, what I really like wondered this whole time watching this movie, I watched it a couple of times. I was just wondering like, what do you do? Like, I know yeah. you are older. I know you have this business and this pool, but do you have like a legitimate business? <laughs> like, do you, yeah. Not to say like a lot, but do you own anything? Because the pool hall is a front, obviously. Uh, do you, you know what I mean? Like, do you have yeah, any properties? Honestly, yeah. You sound like, you honestly sound like the cap, the police captain in this movie when they have a confrontation and he's like, you know, man, I just don't get it. You have, you got all this money, you get a car, every, you get a new car every year. And you seem to not have, like, you seem to have all this money. And, like, what do you do for work? Like, what do you really do? And, like, Mr. T is a badass. He's like, I ain't going to tell you that you ain't never going to catch me. And I just love, like, I don't know. I kind of like the ambiguity of it. Like, honestly, in my interpretation is, like, he's obviously a hustler. Like, that's that's just what he does. But he's a really good hustler, clearly. Yeah. And, you know... I guess that's, I guess, a lot of the difference between, like, mo like movies today. If you made a movie like this now, which would be wild, like, they would have to explain that. Like, you can't just be like, oh, he just he just beats people up and he gets his money and handles his business. Like, does he have a 401k? Does he have this? Like, nowadays, that's, that stuff can't fly. But I also think that's kind of cool where it's like, it also adds to that air of mystery. Like, what does he do? Well, I mean, I think... I don't I don't think we could say um you couldn't make a movie like that now. I think we have to keep in mind what these films are. These are black exploitation films. Right. And the 
as much as we might like black exploitation films, you and I both know black exploitation films on the positive side or on the pro side, not to say the positive side, on the pro side, they um, really did have like the, oh, okay, black people doing this, that, and the third. Mr. T, he goes, he has the money, he has, you know, his girlfriend, Cleo, she's ride or die, this and that. We list all the pros. What's the cons here? The man is doing this. The man is doing that. The man. It's like stereotypical stuff. And then Mr. T somehow knows like martial arts, this and that. It's like, it's the same plot line for all of this. And this went on for 10 years. Yeah. Like no, we can go down the wrong. list. Uh, sorry, we can go down the list of like black exploitation films. Not right now, but I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, uh, and I'm pretty sure someone else will probably listen to this and be like, "Shut up." <laughs> um, someone else might listen to it who knows a lot more about black exploitation films, like a scholar, and right. they would say like, mm, "That guy might have a point on black exploitation films of those ten years where there was a lot of pros and cons about it." No, there definitely was. And I mean, again, it's in the name black exploitation. And like, as I'm pretty sure if there is a black exploitation scholar out there, yes, I know it kicked off with Shaft. And like, <laughs> and but that was the pro and con. Like, you know, Shaft wasn't even like Shaft wasn't even trying to be a black exploitation film. That was yeah. Gordon Parks, like genuinely just trying to make an entertaining film. And yeah you know, he tapped into an area of the Black audience that didn't get tapped into to see the numbers that they did. And studios were like, yeah, we're going to make alternative versions and of that. And Trouble Man was one of those. Yeah, was it definitely a cop? Some elements of Shaft were taken from Trouble Man? Absolutely. Very much so. Absolutely. Like, I mean, because it's very much a similar film, as we've already said. Yeah, it has like just the idea of just a strong black man that takes care of business, gets the girl and gets away in the end. Like that's the same thing with Shaft. But like there was a little bit of variation with this. Like, you know, it said like, you know, with Shaft, he was a police officer and he worked with the law. So like he wasn't just some like vigilante, like doing his own thing. I mean, he had that element, but you knew like, his era of employment is that he works with the police. But that's the opposite with Mr. With Mr. T is like, he has that era of mystery where it's like, he's clearly on the side of good. He takes care of people. Basically, I kind of saw, I looked at one of the comments and they said like, basically Mr. T is like a black Robin Hood. And I'm like, yeah. I laughed, but I was like, <laughs> kind of in a way, yeah. Like he, he basically like he does he basically does just that like he deals with the he does deal with the rich and he does give back to the poor but like there's never like there's never really too bad ill intention with him it's like his it was like you said it was very neutral he's like all right if you seem all right you seem square he'll help you out but if he feels like you're full of it he ain't gonna he ain't gonna give you no peace of mind and also shout out to uh the character of Jimmy in this film who runs the pool hall. And yeah. I really liked his character. I really liked his character. A lot. I really he liked was, his. He was very like supportive the whole time. Like when he got jumped, he's like, yeah, man, I'm okay. Like we're going to get this handled. Like 
I'm like, man, we all we I'm just watching this movie. I'm like, yeah, we all need a Jimmy in our lives that's just gonna like hold it down. I really liked um Paula Kelly who played Cleo, and I really liked Bill Henderson who played Jimmy. But I think at the most, I don't know why. I don't know why, but I really like Julius Harris who played Mr. Big. I don't know why. It's something about the way he delivered lines, even up to the point where he gets killed. Um he, he actually reminds me of the uh sorry, he actually kind of remind me of uh the dude oh I feel I forget his name for a second, but he plays he was in he kind of reminds me of the character in uh the big boss in Pulp Fiction, actually. And the ball the ball Ving Rames? Yes, Ving Rames, thank oh, you. Oh yeah, a little bit, yeah. He kind of wrote like when I saw him, like he, this was this kind of like the basis for like Ving probably Pulp Fiction. Probably, but yeah, I'm like, well, he did make Jackie Brown, and that's kind of his kind of his homage to black exploitation, but in a different way. But like, no, his character was also really good too. And yeah, just the lines in here. It's just when uh when Paul Whitfield's character is like shook when they think they've killed off Mr. T and he's back. And Pete's just like Pete's a white and Pete's a white dude, and he's just like, "Hey man, don't worry about him. He'll we'll get him." And he's like, and Paulie just gives a funny but badass line. He's like, "Man, listen, all Mister T has is this cool. That's all he needs, baby." And I'm like, "Bro, that's corny, but I'm also like, he ain't wrong though. The fact, oh yeah, we got to get into this part. I really do love." I really like the finale of how they handle. First off, we got, we talked about the music before, but like Marvin Gaye as a composer, he really went in because like yeah. the music that goes him when he's trying to infiltrate the building at the end, like that driving theme that plays, it's just like again, I love for me personally, I love movies where like the music and the scene just tells the whole story. Like nothing's being spoken. And I feel like there's a lot of moments in there with that. Like, again, the opening scene, you see Mr. T just basically just drive into one place to another, but that soundtrack tells you what kind of story you're in for. But when we get to the scene where he's infiltrating the bad guy's place, like he got this driving funk theme. That's just like, and it's badass and it's funky, but it's soulful and he's just taking these people out one by one. And I love what he does. I remember, and it still sticks to me to this day. I love the elevator. The way he uses the elevator to stop the bad guy. I was like, how come more people haven't done this in action films? The elevator scene, I don't think I've ever seen something that amazing in an action film. The way yeah. he rigs the elevator to go off and the guys are sitting there with the guns. And they're like, which elevator is he going to come out of? So all of them ding. And they're like, wait, which one is it? So they check each elevator. And then he just pops out, kicks the guy. and Or no, he pops out, shoots the guy and kicks him. And then the other guy starts shooting with the shotgun. And he pops back out and just starts shooting with his gun. I'm like, this is really great for a film in 1972. Exactly. Like, that's why I say certain elements of this movie are quite memorable. And like, the opening sequence is memorable. The music is memorable. And that final battle, that final sequence is really great. And yeah, just I think about it and I'm like, there's been a lot of mo- action films with elevators and stuff. And I'm like, I've never seen a movie do that. And like, again, the fact that it was made in such a 
old time, but yet it had that knowledge like, yeah, this is going to really get people in seats. Because if I was to watch this back in the day when this was happening, I would have been glued to my seat. I'm like, oh, man, I have never seen this before. But it's a really it's a really great story, man. Hey, guys, how's it going? It's Malik here. You're listening to the Bit by Big podcast. Thank you. Invent the wheel. It's definitely a product of Shaft, but like it's it stands on its own. It's I feel like they they you can this is definitely Shaft and Trouble Man would make a great double feature for sure. Yeah, you got to show them both in like a theater or just watch them at home back to back. Um, close your eyes and then just turn them on. Don't even don't even know which one you're picking. Just put them on shuffle. But I don't know. I like trouble man the flaws of trouble man for me are like most if not all black exploitation films obviously like superfly shaft all of them the way they treat women that's a big flaw um you know how they just come home hey give her a kiss they somehow end up in the bed they're somehow smoking and drinking afterwards after uh you know and next thing you know hey are you gonna come home no and then they go and start shooting and sleeping with more women later on um and then you know it's like a whole thing because once you find out these movies are made by white people um (laughs) like you know that's a conversation for a different episode but i don't the pros of this movie it is not a bad you know it is a decent movie it's not a bad like film if you're going to it in an unbiased way and you're just looking for like a uh, movie i just want to go and see it's just an action film and then that's it like i just need to put a movie on hey mr t is going like i'll give you the best example i'm looking right now at the tagline it says this is the tagline of it mr t is cold hard steel he'll give you peace of mind piece by piece that right there is trouble man like that literally is trouble man no i thought about i like again this is where watching this movie with modern eyes can be like very enlightening but like the fact that cleo is technically his main woman in the story and the fact that he tells her to like go to chicago and be safe and she's like all the and she goes but by the end of the movie he literally leaves with one of the female police officers and i'm just like i I was watching this in prep for this review and i'm just like dude did you I literally said this out loud. I'm like, brother, you trifling. You real trifling for that. Like, you got a girl literally in a whole city <laughs> waiting for you, and you out here fondueing with this police officer lady, and like, like you don't got this whole other girl. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's not okay, man. That's that's not cool with me. That's and to make right. and to make the matters even wilder, like when I was watching it yesterday to prepare for this, he ask like he asked the police officer and he's like what time do you get off and she's like she says something like what time do you want me to get off or it's something like that and i'm like, wait what and then yeah. her, the, the sergeant's right behind her and then they get up and walk away and the sergeant's like what and then the music's like and they leave i said what job is this like because she literally just started because scenes before that they didn't have anybody there and because he addresses like, oh, I see you found somebody. Oh, yeah. And I hope she stayed, too. What? What job is this? Like, I get his 1972 and these two are in the back of the office and they didn't have anybody in that position because they had addressed it earlier in the film that there was no one there 
um, because he said, oh, we need a new secretary because he had to answer the calls himself, the sergeant or lieutenant or whatever. But you just hired someone and then Mr. T walks in, which, by the way, is a side note. We never address in this film or they never address. Sorry. Mr. T can just walk into a police station and request the, he wants files. Yeah. This man is just walking into the police station off the street and he's just that cool with the police. And he's like, hey, I need to look up such and such. Give me the files off the back. He's that cool and he got a key. Um, who yeah. is this man? <laughs> I mean, that's like I get again, that's why I guess that's really the draw of why it's again, it's just that air of mystery. Like you're that cool that you can just go in and get files and leave. And then on top of that, like I yeah, I love how he like goes in, gets these files, but he's not even there for the files, he's there to get weapons. Yeah. And then by the end of the movie, he goes back and like gets the same thing again. And then like puts the gun back without getting caught. And then the police off, and then the police chief comes by just randomly and is like, Oh, what you doing here? And he's like, Do you know anything about what went down? And he's like, nah, man. I was on I was looking up this research and leaves off. And leaves off with the girl. I'm just like, Yeah, this this man is this man next level because Ain't no way in modern times is a black man just gonna walk into some police station and is like, "Hey, man, I need some files on this brother." Man, at all, at all, at all. you are lucky to even walk into the police station, let alone walk out with some files. Like, man, bro, like I can see if like Shaft was in, if Shaft was in that predicament, it makes sense because he worked with the police. Exactly. But, but not Mr. T, somebody who like literally they never said what he did. Like you never knew. He just wore like a suit and tie and he just, hey, how's it going? He just knew their names and walked in and that was it. Like, okay. But directed by Ivan Dixon, um, who also directed after this, a spook who sat by the door. Very controversial film, which is sat by the door. Yes, a film title alone. I'm like, sir. Well, a black man plays Uncle Tom in order to gain access to CIA training, then uses the knowledge to plot a new American revolt. I've always wanted to see this film, but this film is so hard to try to find. Like one, you can't find on Amazon. I think it's like seventy bucks just for a DVD. Like, it's that hard because I think they've, like, stopped selling the DVD. I remember Nipsey Hussle was promoting it. Um, like, hey, try to watch it. I think you can watch it on YouTube, um, perhaps. I don't know if anybody out there does listen to this. Maybe they'll take it off YouTube. Oh, oh, Paula Kelly, who played Cleo in Trouble Man, she plays uh, in this film. She acts in this film as well. Probably a lot of people, but... Yeah, the, you know, it's based off a book. Uh, people that I've seen in different interviews have said if there is a film to watch, The Spook Who Sat By The Door is a really good book to read and a good movie to watch. So it's my little recommendation. They say it's pretty mind-blowing. <laughs> I actually have a pretty mind-blowing fact about this movie, too. Because I actually didn't realize I didn't realize it until... I was watching the opening scene, but I realized this film was edited by Michael Kahn. And I was like, wait a minute, mm. is it that Michael Kahn? 
for those who don't know, Michael Kahn is a well-known film editor that's usually is like who usually edits most of Steven Spielberg's whole filmography. Oh. And so I was like, this can't be the Michael Kahn that works with Spielberg. And I was like, holy crap. Michael Kahn direct who before working with Spielberg mm-hmm. edited Trouble Man. That's that already I'm like that's really cool. Oscar winning Michael Kahn too. I know like that blew my mind to know that like wow. I, don't know, I just I think about that and I'm like that's definitely a good motivation to kind of keep going because mm-hmm. You know, one minute you're making a black exploitation film, you're editing a black exploitation joint, and then decades later you're working with probably the greatest living director of all time. Like, man, that's that's crazy. So when I saw that, and when I saw that, I was like, that literally blew my mind. I'm like, wow, Michael Kahn edited Trouble Man. That I know he. I know he probably. If I ever have the p- pleasure of running and being around Michael Kahn for whatever reason, that's definitely something I'm going to bring up to him. Like, listen, I know you probably get asked a million questions about Spielberg, but tell me about your experience with Trouble Man because <laughs> I. I know he probably going to be like, really? You go? I haven't had anyone ask me about that movie in years. I didn't even know people knew I did. I'm like. Hey man, I be digging through the weeds, man. Tell me what was going on. Tell me your experience with that, because I feel that would honestly be a really great perspective to hear on. Because like him being a him being a white man editing this movie in this way, it's I don't know. That's just interesting. I'm like, I mean, let's reach out to him now. Might as well. 